You're listening to Caffeine and Chaos, a podcast for moms by a mom who's just taking it one day and one cup of coffee at a time. So sit back, relax, grab that cup of coffee, and come join me. Hello, friends. Happy Tuesday. We are officially home from our nationwide travels. We traveled all over the country from Jacksonville to Raleigh to Seattle to Ketchikan, Alaska, back to Seattle to Chicago to Raleigh again. So we traveled all over the place, saw so much family, which was incredible. And now we are been home for about a week, just getting readjusted, getting the kids back in school. Whether last Easton only has until this Friday, what has till next Wednesday, and then we have Christmas break. So I am super, super excited about Christmas break, but I'm also thoroughly enjoying our very first week before Christmas break when all the schools do their spirit weeks and everybody gets to wear ugly Christmas sweaters and all those fun things. So um, today, Easton had headgear day, winter headgear. And so, of course, my child at Five Below found the most annoying reindeer antlers with bells on them that he could find. And that's what he wore today. So, honestly, God bless this teacher, because I probably would have lost my mind if one of my students came into a K-5 classroom wearing those. I can only imagine the distraction. And then Wyatt was supposed to wear an ugly Christmas sweater. I ordered the boys these super cute Christmas sweaters from Target, because... Our Target here gets wiped out super fast, so they didn't have their sizes by the time I found them. So Eason's has Baby Yoda on it, Wyatt's has Rex from Toy Story. They very much match my kids' personalities and their interests. Ordered them online, scored by the way. Target is the place to shop for Christmas. They have the best sales leading up to the day, like for real. I was very, very surprised because Target tends to be on the pricier side, right? I shop there when I want to feel bougie, and I'm starting to realize that if you catch Target on a good sale or at the right time, you are golden. So I got these sweaters, which were $15, at an additional 15 $20, 20% off. They had kids' clothes 20% off, and technically the deal was just for baby clothes, but these were included. Plus, I got free shipping, so I feel like I want something. And then to top it off, we got Parker a drum set. This particular, like, baby toy drum set was only, like, $30. I paid $12 for it. I got gifts for my nieces on sale. So I feel like I'm winning here with Target this year, and it's making me real happy to be saving all of the money this Christmas. <coughs> Excuse me. Anyway, um, so I ordered these sweaters for them last week in the hopes they would arrive today. They didn't, so we kind of had to scrounge around for a sweater. Once upon a child had nothing, because of course it's the second week of December, so anything good that they had is pretty much gone. So we come home, and I had found like this Grinch hoodie that Wyatt has. The boys had matching ones last year, and I was like, "Hey, buddy, just wear this." And he pulls out this plain gray like dress sweater that he has, and and I was like, "Well, that's not." That's not a Christmas sweater. And she goes, yes, it is. I said, but it's not. He goes, yes, it is, Mom. And he puts it on. He goes, look, Mom. I'm cold. Cold. 
My child went to school today dressed as Cole. I mean, A plus for creativity and intuitiveness, honestly. But this is my child, and if you know Wyatt, you know absolutely what how perfect that was for him. Because if there were anything in the realm of Christmas stuff that would describe my child, it would be probably the Grinch or Cole. So there's that. Anyway, I'll uh, have to update you as the days go by on how the boys dress. Tomorrow, Wyatt can wear white, blue, or silver for snowy day, and Easton is going to do school spirit day. So blue and gold from head to toe, because tomorrow is basketball night. So that is what is going on in the world of academia over here. Okay, today's going to be a little scattered, but that's okay, because I have Christmas stuff planned for the rest of the week. We're going to be talking about talking about Advent with your kids, talking about Christmas with your kids, and kind of how to do that. We're trying some new things this year, and I'm, I'm pretty excited about them. Um, but let's kind of just talk about some scattered things that I thought about. Sorry if you can hear Beauty and the Beast in the background. This is my kid's current favorite movie. Um, let's just talk a little bit about some different things that my husband and I chatted about, or some things that have just been on my mind since we traveled. Um, I'm going to start with this one because this is probably the one that's just the most right in our face right now. So if you're friends with us and you haven't heard this yet, you're hearing it now. Um, a month ago, my husband and I decided to transition our family away from the church that we have attended in this area for a grand total of five years altogether. We attended this church when we lived here last time. We came back to it when we returned to Jacksonville, and we just, through a lot of series of events, just decided it was time for us to move on. We had a different church that suited our family, lined up with us doctrinally and our beliefs, and where we would grow as a couple and as a family, and that would just fit our kids better, and all those things, right? If you've ever switched churches before, you know exactly what I'm getting at here. Um, but we were hanging out with some friends last night, just kind of chatting about this. And the thing that their family and our family has discovered is that it's so shocking that you can be part of such a close knit, tight body of believers. But the minute your family decides to transition somewhere else or go somewhere else, you get cut off. People don't reach out to you. People don't care to find out, A, if you're even still going to church. They could really care less. Or B, check on your family and see if everything's okay. Or C, ask any questions. They just take whatever they hear for granted. And unfortunately, I have been exposed throughout my life to situations where my family has left churches and then had very untrue, dishonest things said about them. And unfortunately, this time is no exception to that. Um, and it's pretty shocking to me when people who are within leadership positions in a church decide to say and do things towards people who have left the church that just don't fit the scenario. I think some people do have a tendency to leave churches for the wrong reasons, right? They get upset about what the pastor's preaching. They get their feelings hurt. Okay, look, 
there's lots of reasons why people leave the church. But when a church member genuinely confronts the issue with scripture and with the Bible and says, this is the problem, and they get pushed off or blown off, and so then they say, this just isn't the right situation for our family to be in, and then people are all up in arms and upset at them, it's really confusing, right? I think the good thing for me is that in this situation, I very much can approach it with the perspective of that people hurt people, but Jesus never did. And I can say that with confidence in my heart because I've been in a family that has genuinely been hurt by churches so many times. And I can look at the things that are happening now, the repercussions of our family switching churches, and I can say, this is people. This is sin. This is people wanting to be right. This is spiritual leadership not wanting to change or acknowledge that what they're doing is wrong or seek out counsel or advice from anyone else. It has nothing to do with who Jesus is, thankfully. And that makes me really thankful that Jesus' personality and who he is isn't determined on who Christians are. Because I'm going to tell you right now, some of the ugliest people I've ever met are Christians. And that's really sad. That's not how it should be. We should be a reflection of Jesus. When I was growing up, something that my parents always told us is that sometimes when you're talking to someone, you may be the only living version of Jesus who they see. I actually had a teacher get really angry at me for using that ideology once. But I had to explain to him that when a person isn't saved, Jesus isn't real to them. Jesus gave us scripture. Jesus gave us outlines for how we're to conduct ourselves, how we're to behave, to have Christ-like character, right? Character that is like Christ. That's what we strive for, right? Therefore, we should be a reflection of who Jesus is and what he's done. So sometimes when someone is not a believer, someone is hurting, and you come alongside of them and you're a Christian, you should be that reflection of who Jesus was. Loving and compassionate and just and caring. I think there's a really big divide in Christianity between the Christians who believe that Jesus just loved everyone. He was all about love, and it was just all about love, and we need to love everybody and just accept everybody, okay? They're not wrong. Jesus did love everybody. He still does. But he didn't condone their sin. He didn't, maybe condone's not the right word. He didn't encourage their sin. He didn't say, I love you. Keep going. You're good. He called them out for it, but out of love. I think in a way that better than any of us could ever do it. And if I'm being honest, I don't think any of us will ever be able to master public speaking and handling people with tact the way that Jesus did, okay? I think that's literally impossible. But we got a pretty good guide to follow and start with, right? And then there's the other extreme of sinners in the hand of an angry God, right? I literally, when I was growing up, had a youth pastor who stood in front of my church and read John Edwards, Sinners in the Hands of an Angry God for a Sunday night sermon once. Okay, historically, you know what? Definitely an interesting read. Go for it. Uh, a guideline for our faith and how we as Christians should be living? Probably not. Because it's a little harsh. 
And I don't quite think that that's hitting the mark of what Jesus wants us to achieve as Christians. And it is a good reminder. So all that to say this, we are living right now in the backlash of a decision that we made based on scripture. Okay, sorry, got interrupted by my husband coming down the stairs. Anyway, we've just been working through transitioning and just kind of processing that situation. And I think it's harder when you're trying to approach leaving a church because we left with no ill will or no, we don't wish negative on anybody at all. We absolutely love the people who go to this church. They've been like a family to us for many years and, and we treasure them. We truly do. Can I see them in public? I'm absolutely going to stop and say hello and give hugs and have a conversation. I have nothing against that. But sometimes it's really hard to continue to have that attitude in a situation when you hear that there are untrue things being said about you from the pulpit and from conversations that are had with other people. And truly, that's more damaging than the And I'm going to use this term very loosely. Okay, so please don't, yes, take it seriously because I do mean it, but, you know. Um, The aftermath does more damage than the spiritual abuse that we put up with and that we chose to tolerate for so long until we finally said we've had enough and we left. Because it was the best and the safest choice for our entire family. And I know that that's a lot to swallow just starting on the podcast. Um, You know, I'd like to say that we just left this church because, oh, it just wasn't 100% the perfect fit and we just found something different. Unfortunately, there were some serious problems. But at the end of the day, it doesn't mean that I hate the person. I hate the sin, but I don't hate the people. And I certainly am not going to turn my back on God because of it because... I know that they aren't things that he would have wanted either. It's just an interesting period of transition. And then after the fact, when everything you felt is confirmed, it's just, it's a strange place to be. This is the first time Tyler and I have ever had to deal with something like this as a married couple. But we're both familiar with the concept, unfortunately, because our parents had to make the decision to do something like this when we were kids you know we've done this dance and talking to our parents thankfully now they've encouraged us in the fact that they can say you know hey same thing happened to us this isn't anything new this happens to everybody so but I will say this we have found an amazing church um that we love we feel like it is the right fit for our family doctrinally in line with the Bible and with what we believe, and it's been really encouraging. So I actually missed it quite a bit when we were traveling. So it's nice to be back now and back to So that's the first little thing, I guess. So uh, the second thing, I want to encourage you guys. I know a lot of you are traveling for the holidays. Um, traveling with kids is stressful. It's so stressful, guys. We did it with all four of our kids on an airplane. I traveled with a lap infant. That was awful. It was a nightmare. 
Would I do it again? No. No, I wouldn't. But would I do it again if it gave me an opportunity to see my family? Yes, it would. Not every family is perfect. I have a lot of friends this year who are traveling to see family who are dealing with some really difficult situations within those families. Family members that, excuse me, don't like them. Family members that don't get along. Um, maybe you feel like your marriage is in a bad place because you don't want to go home and see family. It's not a good experience for you. It's not something you enjoy doing. Not because you don't love those people, but because growing up was just not a good time for you. And so you feel very torn because while you love your family and you want to see them, you also don't want to put yourself in a position where you just feel tortured the whole time, right? That's not the meaning or purpose of Christmas. Let me encourage you to do what I did. Thankfully, I didn't head into our trip at Thanksgiving with that mindset. I was very excited to see my family. Um, but there were a lot of elements outside of my family that I was very nervous about going on this trip. And I didn't want to feel like I wasted our time and effort to getting to Alaska with these worries. And so I really put myself in the position to say, I am going to focus. I am going to put my best foot forward to strive to just savor every moment that we're together. That's what I want to do. I want to savor these moments. I want to remember each meal. I want to enjoy sitting with a cup of coffee by the big bay windows in my parents' living room. I want to have conversations. I don't want my schedule to be so full that I'm not able to be in the moment with my family. And so I really did that. There were even opportunities for me to see other people outside of my family who I grew up knowing. I got to go to breakfast with my mom, with another mom of someone who I grew up with. And it was so nice to just sit and talk and just savor that time. It really meant something to me, and I know it meant something to them that I took the time to do that. So let me encourage you, no matter where you're going for Christmas, no matter who you're seeing or what you're doing, stop and savor the moment. Push the negative out, and I know it will be there, and that's okay. It's okay to say, I need a break and get in your car and go drive somewhere, get a coffee, take a, take a breath, okay? Don't put yourself in a position where you're like, I can't feel the negative. I'm just going to push it out. No, no, no. That's not realistic, okay? But take those moments when your family's opening Christmas presents together and the kids are laughing. You know what? Maybe someone else in the room is having a nasty attitude about it and not treating you right, not loving you the way that they should love you. It's okay. Here's what I need you to remember. That's not on you. It's on them. And I'm really sorry that they're choosing to ruin that moment for themselves, but don't let them ruin it for you. Don't let them take away the joy of seeing the smiles on your kids' faces and looking around the room and just remembering the rest of your family. Don't forget that because that's what I really deliberately took the time to do this time. And I have these pictures and these memories in my head now from our trip of sitting around the dinner table talking and when we did Christmas as a family, looking around the room at everybody and just savoring those moments. That's what's important. That's what's really, really important. Because those are the things that you're going to take with you and that you're going to remember. You're not, honestly, years from now, you're not going to remember who was mad at you on Christmas for some ridiculous thing. Okay? Maybe you will. And if you do, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry that that's what you remember. Because that's not fair to anybody. You shouldn't remember that. You should remember 
the smell of Christmas cookies and the hot cocoa and the Christmas lights with your kids and and the joy on their faces when they open presents. That's what I want you to remember this year. Our family has been through a lot the last year. It has been a living nightmare. And I wish that I could say I was being dramatic. I wish. I wish I was being dramatic. I'm not. Literally, I feel like we've been fighting for our lives the last year. Just trying to get back money and time that we lost when we got stuck in Japan and we finally got part of our reimbursement. We won't end up seeing all of it. And that is what it is. But at least this Christmas, I don't have to stress about that. So I'm really looking forward to just spending time with my kids and savoring those moments and having the best Christmas. So, honestly, I'm just going to stop the podcast for the day there because I could ramble on and on about all kinds of things, but it's not going to make any sense. So, I'm going to save my voice and save it for all the Christmas content I have for the rest of the week. I'll be in a very Christmassy mood. I'll probably record while I'm up baking gingerbread houses and sugar cookies and eggnog cakes, and it's going to be a great rest of the week. So, I'm going to leave you guys with those two things. I hope you guys have a great rest of your Tuesday, and I'll talk to y'all tomorrow.